0: So I know you had the EP, but that was sort of locked down, sort of brief EP. Does Manchester's intent now almost feel like the start of a new journey for Malev as a band?
1: Uh, it it seems that way. To be honest with you, um, it seems that way in a number of different ways. In the sense musically, I think that we've definitely progressed. I would. I mean, I'd, I'd imagine you you agree. Like, there's a there's more singing uh there's more singing the songs are slightly more metal and then also um i'd also say it's the start of a different journey just because we play kind of like different shows now like the vibe of Malevolent shows is very different to what it was back in self-supremacy era of malev like um our shows are a little bit like like more hardcore then you know a little bit of a harder vibe um and now we kind of play more metal shows they're quite a bit bigger, which I'm, you know, I'm not complaining about. Um, So yeah, I I feel like we, you know, it's definitely the start of a different journey musically. And then also into like the way that we're perceived by people and the kind of shows that we play, we do feel like a different band. Do feel like we're a different band. Yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah. Cause I think, yeah, I've seen you, I saw you on that tour with Stray at the Bristol show when it was like merged into that big Not loose show. And I mm. saw you saw you down um, to you know, Newcastle a few times as well, so yeah, I've kind of seen just the absolute chaos that yeah. shows can be. In. People like people, but yeah, you've done. I think as a band, you, you probably you must have uh, like a shitload of venues, like small and wide across the UK. So,
1: oh mate, yeah, we played fucking like I'm. We've been we've been touring for ten years now, so uh, yeah, we played. Everywhere, Slow We've played loads of small, loads of small venues, man. Everywhere, yeah. Any any little town you can think of, we probably played there in England.
0: Yeah, because I guess what's it? I don't know. It's, it's a generic question, I suppose. But like, what's it like? I guess you do. You did all that small, that short run of four shows. Then you? you did like Oxford, Sheffield, where it's like small yeah. venues, and then you're sort of doing like shit like Alley Pally and like these ten yeah. k venues. I guess so. Is there like any sort of your mindset going into that? Is it like different how you kind of perform? Like, is there a difference in the way you perform at the ten k venue versus like a hundred cat venue?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, it's yeah, it's a completely different experience uh, in every possible way. Uh, now doing these, doing these really big ones. It's like it is kind of new for me as well. Like, obviously, we we've done been, we've been doing big festivals for years and years and years, but like these like arenas and shit. Um, yeah, very, very different. Uh, I would say that we actually we bring a sorry, can't get my words out here. Yeah, the show, the malevolent show is completely different. So, for example, on this arena tour we just did with architects, that was our first time touring with like in ear monitors. So, um, do you know what they are? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of people don't. Yeah, it's our first time touring with in-ear monitors because obviously you're playing on these big stages and if you're playing with regular monitors, you take a few steps to the left or a few steps to the right and you can't hear yourself. So, yeah, we're playing with in-ear monitors. I'm Honestly, I'm not moving around on stage so much because I'm aware that there's so much scrutiny on our playing because, you know, the, the sound systems they have in arenas are, like, fucking massive. And, like, there's so many people watching you, I'm just thinking, right, there's someone at the very back of this room, and they can hear every single individual element of what's happening now. Um, so I need to make sure that I'm playing tight as fuck. Now, obviously, that is kind of the same with playing a 200-cap room or 150-cap room or whatever. But like when we play those kind of rooms, it's like the small ones. It's fucking chaos. There's so much energy from the crowd, and you know, people climbing on the stage, stage diving. like you know we probably move around a bit more you know there's there's a little bit less scrutiny on your playing because people can't like people aren't necessarily like analyzing what we're doing so much because it's so much carnage so you know we i'm not saying that we i'm not saying that uh you know we give more to the bigger shows i'm just saying that it makes you perform in a different way slightly if that makes sense
0: Yeah, yeah i think it makes sense yeah i think kind of you know, when I've done like smaller shows, it is basically, you know, gonna have a bit of a scrap, you know, have a few points and whatnot. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Of, I mean, I guess
1: the bigger shows they feel like more of an event, I guess, don't they? You kind of. Yeah, no, you know what? I, do, I don't want to say that, like, you know, we give 100% Ali Pali, but we only give 60%, yeah. a, a 150 Calvin, because we you know, we give it 100% every time. It's just that you end up like being conscious of different things mm-hmm. um, when you're on a huge stage, you know what I mean? And there's a big barrier between you and the crowd. I almost feel like um, when these, when you do these big ones like a download or whatever, the way I feel is that I'm performing, and there's loads and loads of people watching me on YouTube. You know what I mean? They're not because yeah. they're, they're like ten meters away from you. So like, I'll be honest, I don't get that much energy from the crowd, like because they're miles away compared to you know I play. We did. Uh, have you seen the Unbroken Glass music video? Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, the outdoor one. You know, for,
1: for example, a show like that, like that was a that video was a real show that we did. Uh, and at that show, you know, there's literally 70 of my friends on the stage with us. People are like jumping off the stage, people screaming the lyrics right in my face. So like I'm getting so much, en- you know, we all get so much energy from the crowd and the atmosphere at those shows that you do end up going a bit more mad. You know what I mean? The, the way you move, jumping around and, yeah, you know I mean? Like you end up fucking dancing a little bit more while you're playing and all of that. Whereas, you know, the big ones, I just feel like my, my actual playing itself like my bass playing is being heavily scrutinized so i just i just really try and focus on that you know play tight
0: nice and i guess so yeah. like as a band i know you're about like the tour did you get any kind of like i guess from like in general and like also live performance did you get any kind of learnings like from that as a like as a band or as you, or yourself
1: yeah yeah we i i learned a lot on that tour just playing uh, just how like a a day operates on arena tour like you know your, your schedule uh and um you know the the sort of code of conduct for playing on that level, you know working for, for example, that arena tour they 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 build they build the stage every single day, you know there's like literally a hundred people or something they're in the mor they're in the venue in the morning at seven am building the stage from scratch, like I didn't even know until we did this tour. I thought there were stages in arenas, you know what I mean yeah, but I literally I always assumed, oh you go to a venue, there's a stage that you can play on with speakers. They have to bring the whole stage. They have to bring the whole PA. They have to bring all of the monitors. Every every single thing you see is is literally carried around with, you know, architects as part of their production. So, you know, that's that, that whole experience was completely brand new for me, um, which is kind of mental considering how long we've been doing this shit. Uh, so, yeah, I, le- I learned a lot. Uh, I learned that what we, you know, what we need to be bringing with us to be able to deliver a good show at that level, like we want to have a lighting engineer we want to have a front of house sound guy we want to have a crew member on stage just in case anything goes wrong you know like I guess you know something cuts out we need someone there to to help us fix it uh, whereas we might not have that at a smaller show yeah yeah that's, that's engineer, I think
0: because yeah it must have been just mad in general to do and all that stuff and having to, like taking account all of that so yeah yeah fair yeah. Play. yeah fair play for
1: doing it yeah yeah, yeah. we're sick we're sick the Fucking, any any uh, yeah, like it's definitely a real learning real learning experience for everyone in the band.
0: Nice, yeah. And I guess kind of um so I guess kind of going back to the album quickly. Uh yeah. It's just I got I I've got a question just on the features of just how they like the feature of um uh, the two Matt's, uh, Honeycutt oh, and yeah? Hefe, just how did they sort yeah. of like come about? Was it always is it like are they, are they like mates or was it
1: just like you know, so, this person on our, on our album? So uh Matt Honeycutt from Kublai Khan. We first toured with Kublai Khan, I think, back in either 2014 or 2015. They came to Europe for their first time ever, and we were on a package with them. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just really got on with the guys, and we thought the band was sick. Um, This is back in 2015. So 2016, they took us out to the USA, and we did our first USA tour supporting Kublai Khan. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my story of how I know Matt Honeycutt. I suppose we go pretty far back then, I guess like seven years. Like I was quite a lot younger when I first yeah. met him. Um, so yeah, I know him, we know him pretty well personally. So we, we love Kublai Khan. So we just, um, we wanted him on a song, hit him up. It was as simple as that really. Now with Matt Heathie, um from Trivium, that was a mad one cause none of us know him. None of us have ever met him in real life or anything like that. Um, now we're all like we were all really into Trivium when we were like the you know Trivium was a gateway band for us yeah I think particularly this when I speak to people in England like particularly British people like Ascendancy yeah. was the album in when about, you were a teenager were you in I had, yeah I had a hoodie
0: well, I had a hoodie it got nicked but
1: um, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like hoodie and all that like Ascendancy was like a real gateway album for me to get into metal in general. Yeah. And, you know, hearing that when I was like, it must've been like 2005, 2006 going to see him, um, I see him when I was 13 or 14. So yeah, uh, that's obviously, that's how I know who Matt Heafy is. Um, hugely influential guitar player and, and metal dude. He, um, honestly, he just one day posted us up on his Instagram. Like, yo, Wrote a caption like, "Yo, this band Malevolence is fucking amazing. Been listening to him every day on tour." We were like, "Oh, fucking no way, Matt Heathy Like he was in our group chat. Yeah. Like, "Yo, no way, fucking Matt Heathy Like listens to malev and he's into us, and and then he just he just kept doing it. He kept he kept posting us like, "Yeah, this band's fucking amazing." I think someone I think someone sent him our record, like someone from the label or or I don't know, sent him some songs, whatever. Because you know they you know someone was trying to make the connection happen. Someone, and he was, you know, he messaged us like, yo, I've heard the record, it's fucking amazing. Um, can I, can I do a solo on it? Or can I sing on it? And we were like, holy shit, fucking Matt Heathie wants, like he wants to be on our song. Like we didn't even have to ask him, he asked us. And we were like, yeah, we want you to do everything. Uh, oh yeah, okay, okay, yeah. We were like, holy shit, Matt Heathie wants to be on our record. You can do whatever you want. Uh, so he wanted to sing. We said, "Okay, you sing, scream, and do a guitar solo." Mm. Like we're down for all of it. Yeah. So we sent him a song that we were working on at the time. Well, it was actually the song was actually nearly finished, really, but we kind of changed it up, made a bit of space for him to do his solo, and then he sung on the chorus. So yeah, it's um, and it's sick as well. So I'm really happy with it. Yeah, yeah I think that yeah, that
0: was kind of one I wanted to when I remember the track list first came I was like, oh, that he was on it. That's fucking cool. Um, mm. So, yeah, and I think, you know, and I guess with that, so I guess like you've kind of got like a Hefeel there, a um, honey cut, and then also like the album coming out off the back of the Architects tour. Um, like, do you feel you've got like a bit more, like there's like a basically like, a shit to momentum behind the band going into that, you know, yeah. release on Friday?
1: Yeah, I'll be honest, mate. Yeah, the, the, we've got more momentum now than we've ever had. Um, it's just everything... Points in that direction, our shows are bigger and they're better than they ever have been. All the numbers online are like way bigger than they were before, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like all the YouTube views and all of that. So, yeah, we, you know what, mate, we have got way more momentum and it's, it's fucking, it's mental actually, but <laughs> it's pretty sick.
0: Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Cause I think, as I said, like, you know, I've seen you a fair few times in the UK and, you know, all the, all the shows are always sick. So it's nice to kind of, yeah. Me see my yeah, man. Like, I've been—I'm 28.
1: Sure. I'm 28. I'm 28. I've been doing this my whole life, so like, I'm really fucking glad that people, are, you know, a lot more people are starting to turn their head because it's not—it's not been an overnight thing for us. You know, there's a lot of bands. They come through. They write the first record. Boom. Everyone loves it. You know, what I mean, like yeah. the industry. We fucking—we've—we've we've been touring. We've been doing this shit our whole adult lives. So um, yeah, I'm really grateful for people to fucking finally paying attention.
0: Um, Alan, do you think kind of that it also aligns with because a lot of kind of that have been a lot of UK bands that have um you know, especially in the, in the metal space, have just got a lot bigger, like you so said, you've got architects now, you know, huge band worldwide. Bring me the horizon, we still want to keep them in that category. You know, they still yeah. got big, And you think just kind of the UK scene, um, for both like metal and hardcore is just generally growing and also becoming stronger.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think in the world of metalcore, UK are just we're you can't say that we're not a significant name internationally now. Yeah. You know, like we're UK is in the conversation. Architects probably the most influential metalcore band of the last ten years, I would say. Like how many bands out there that sound like Architects? Yeah, you know I mean, so how I think, many? Yeah. There's so many bands that sound like Architects. Even while she sleeps, like they're True, fucking. Yeah. Like, same with them. Loads of bands ripping them off. Bringing the Horizon, obviously not really a metalcore band anymore, but, like, they came from that world yeah. and now they're, like, fucking pop stars. So, yeah, uh, you know, you can't say that UK, the UK isn't popping for for metalcore-based music. You know, we, we're definitely a major player in the international scene. So, yeah, I, I guess, I guess it has grown a lot, a lot, a lot. Like, it's funny now to be for, for malevolence to be considered in that conversation because obviously we're nowhere near, not architects moving the horizon. But for a while, you know, for a long time we weren't. So I never really thought about it. If, you know, that scene was growing, but I guess it has. It's fucking huge now. Huh?
0: Yeah. know, it's weird. And it's like, you go even, I think you kind of go back like, I guess 10 years when it was like architects had like two albums out and one was, mm. they saw that hollow crown. Um, and yeah, there just seems to be like I think just you know that there's just been just much less to listen to in the UK, and that mm-hmm. seems there's just so much like different like tastes and ranges as well, like so much stuff. Yeah, like, it's all just doing so well. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, yeah. It's cool that you sort of you know see the same thing mm-hmm. as well. Um, I guess kind of touching as well. This is kind of my mate wanted to ask about this. Um, I guess all the, the sort of the what the where I'm wrong I can't fucking say it. The warehouse setup you've kind of got doing all that DIY stuff. Oh yeah, like where. Was that something like we always planned to do, like as nah. a
1: band or? Nah, so um, we never planned to do that, actually. I'll be honest with you. What happened was, you know, we released our last EP on our own label. Yeah. Like we did it fully DIY. And like when I, like, when I say we did it DIY, bro, like we were shipping, the, I was, we were packing up the t shirts and the fucking vinyl with our own hands. You know what I mean? Like we were doing it mm-hmm. in our drummer's his living room. And then malicious in uh, sorry malicious intent. the other side came out, and all of a sudden, it was like his living room is literally just boxes of boxes of merch and vinyl, and it was like a it was literally like a workspace. in now I was going around, you know, we're going around there every single day, packing t shirts, packing up vinyl, shipping them out, and then we were like, hold on, we can't fucking do this at his house anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're like, yeah, we need to we need to like we need to expand. Like it's not fair, you know, who wants to have that in the living room? Literally can't even sit down and watch TV because there's boxes and merch up to the ceiling. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. So we were like, okay, we need a space. Um, we moved we actually moved to we rented little spaces in Sheffield for like a few months. Uh like, you know, like workspaces that you could hire where they were like maybe shared with other businesses and stuff. Yeah, we did that exactly. for a few months and then yeah, uh, did that for a few months. And then we were like, yeah, uh, it didn't, it just didn't really work out for us. So we saw one advertised and it was, and it was really, it was like basically a completely empty warehouse, uh, like a blank canvas, um, complete, basically like a fucking abandoned building to be honest with you. And yeah. So, and because of that, we were able to, you know, get it a little, you know, get the, the rent a little lower than, you know, what, you pay for a place that was furnished and in return we did out the whole thing. Um, you know, like this, our studio now that we record in, we're recording vocals in and stuff. It was urinals on the wall in there when we moved in, it was a toilet. Yeah. You know I mean, we, when we literally yeah. pulled them, yeah. You know I mean, we pulled them out ourselves, plastered the walls, fitted toilets. Um, yeah. And now we have in there, we have a studio room, um, a booth for recording in a little kitchen a toilet we have a practice room downstairs you know where we store our equipment and jam then we have like a main warehouse space where we run the label operation from like shelves with the merch on and the vinyl and then there's a little office and then there's a little gym in there that we share with a friend of ours so yeah yeah it's it's, it's awesome actually um very very lucky to have it
0: yeah yeah because I, re- I was reading about it the other day and kind of yeah, it does sound like a, a nice little set up there. Because while she sleeps, do a similar thing, don't they? As well
1: yeah, yeah, man. Like their now, their place is fucking serious. Like their place is amazing, actually. Um, uh, yeah, so they they have their own place, and obviously that was a little bit of an inspiration. They they just have a studio in there and offices, and then like storage space for their equipment. So they're not like sort of doing a a warehouse oper- like it, they're not doing like a merchandise operation in there. You know, they're just like designing and recording music and doing the business and they do the sleep society, you know, making videos and shit. Their space is fucking amazing. It's like it makes ours look like shit. Um, um, I think there there is a culture of that in Sheffield because I where where, where are you from? Where do you live? Uh, I live down south <laughs>
0: southwest. southwest. Yeah, south. whereabouts? Uh
1: somewhere near Bristol South Oh, okay, near Bristol, yeah. yeah. You know what? Uh, my my mother lives in Bristol, so I'm there like all the time. Um, yeah, great. So yeah, I I love Bristol. But the difference between Sheffield and Bristol is like you can get city centre space, um, like close, like industrial space close to the city centre, very affordable, um, very affordable prices compared to other parts of the UK. Like I think you know, the the amount of space we have, like we would never be able to get that in London or even Bristol. But like it would be, in, it'll be an affordable for us because, bro, this, the space we have is like way bigger than the flat I live in. Yes, space is very affordable in Sheffield and as a result of that, a lot of bands here do tend to have a lot of space. So, you know, Bring Me The Horizon.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, just, f- I'd say 300 meters from our space, there's uh, Bring Me The Horizon's headquarters and there's a drop dead headquarters there, oh, yeah. which is oh, fucking is amazing, huge. Yeah. yeah, and then in there, he has a restaurant church um, which is like a vegan place. And then they, I think there's like some Airbnbs and then Brooming the Horizon store, that stuff there. And then about 200 metres from there, there's Walsh Sleeps' place. So there's like all three of us within a kilometre, at least less. Oh, so yeah,
0: that must be, yeah, must be pretty cool. And I guess... It is sick, actually. Yeah.
1: <laughs> nice little community. Yeah, yeah, it must be.
0: Yeah, it must be. That's fucking grand.
1: Um, so we have our something? merch printed at Drop Dead, so it's like just across the road. So, yeah, a lot of people have a lot of people bands have spaces here.
0: Uh, yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's really fucking cool. Um, and I guess I know that this, the answer to this question is the obvious answer is like yes. Um, but I suppose because you've done a lot of it, so said it's been like I guess the DIY to talk, you know, going to use that phrase um, attitude, you know, do it all yourself, you know, fill in rooms, blood, yeah, sweat and tears and all that. Does that almost make where you are now? you know, is there, is there sort of like a pride, I guess, in saying that, you know, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of artists do kind of, I don't want to say, I don't want to say they get it easier, but you know, a lot of artists, as you said, kind of will go down the labor route quite early and the label will handle yeah. all of that stuff. Yeah. Is there a lot more pride in, um, you know, the release coming up and the touring and all this stuff, knowing that you'd kind
1: of put a lot of work in yourself? Um, 100% mate. I'm very proud of what we did. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, like, the di- doing shit DIY, it was never, um, it was never like, yeah, we're going to be DIY because we want to be DIY. Because, like, it was, we're going to be do it DIY because we don't have a choice. Like, in a set, well, you know, we, a lot of bands at a low level, they're not making any money. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll be honest with you, they're not making any money. And why? The because they're paying to have everything done for them. So we were like, hold on, why? the reason we did stuff DIY was always like, I suppose it's like comes from being a frugal Yorkshireman, essentially. You know, it's, it's like northern, northern people, right? We're like, hold on, we, you know, I'm 21, band's not making very much money. Why would I pay someone to do this when I could do it ourself, ourselves? Like, for example, the warehouse renovation, uh, we're in lockdown, we're not touring, we've got nothing to do. Let's fucking go and build. Let's go and make this shit happen, and let's do it without ourselves. Because why would we pay someone to do it? Yes, Luckily yes. enough, our guitar player he's he's a skilled tradesman, so like he could lead the whole operation. Like you know, he knows how to plaster, he knows how to fit toilet fit. I don't know how to do any of that shit, but he could he could you know supervise and I, you know I did the basic stuff, carrying stuff around, painting the walls, all of that kind of thing. So that's that's why we did it DIY. We did it, you know. We the other side we released it ourselves because all that we got offers from labels were well, none of them were good. No, they were, you know, yeah. none of them were really where we wanted. So we were like, hold on. Why would I let someone else take this cut? I think I can do a good job of it. myself. myself. So we released a DIY and there was certain aspects of the release that weren't DIY. I like, we hired people where we couldn't do things like for digital distribution. We had a different agency handle that, which is like getting you on Spotify and getting you on all them playlists and shit. Uh, you know, so we did hire people. So, That being said, uh, the other side came out. We had no label. We had no manager. Um, It was literally just us. And we played Bloodstock. We played Download. We played Slam Dunk all in one summer, last summer, with no label, no management, absolutely nothing. And then I get to these shows and literally half of these bands I played with They've just come out and they've got a manager. They've got a cool label. They've got a cool manager and they're like, bang, first gig, bloodstock, first gig, download. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yo, I'm here. I'm proud of the fact I'm here. I got here and I don't, I'm literally not part of the metal industry. i have like, we are our own thing. Like, we're completely self sustained. Like, there's no one, there's no industry favors that got me into this position. We did it because we made good music and people liked it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think you see. Uh, I don't know more are doing it, but I you've got like, Northlane have done it over in Australia. You know Sleeps do it now yeah. as well. And do the smaller bands like Casket Feeder, Stack Dress, um who also, yeah, you know, are going down that route. And I think it's, yeah, I think if you age put in the work, and I think these days as well, so it's just a lot more like, you know, with tools that, you know, that are available, just to kind of yeah go down that route. So, yeah, I think it's really impressive that you've done it, and I think, you know, I think many of the bands will be follow suit as well. Um, yeah, man. And I think kind of, see, so yeah, I guess looking forward, it But I guess what are so obviously tours, big you know, architects, what's sort of done, record on um, Friday. Are there any sort of plans in place for Malev this year, where it's touring, doing bits and
1: pieces? Uh, any uh, any any plans for Malev coming up? Yeah, yeah. I guess, really, I guess yeah, well, I guess yeah. for, I guess for this year, I guess you know. You Yo, plans, I'm not gonna lie, bro. We're busy as fuck. <laughs> uh, so this Sunday, our album comes out on Friday. Then on Saturday we're doing an album release pop-up shop in church, mm-hmm. uh Bring Me The Horizons Place and Sheffield, which is just like a merch thing. We're gonna sell merch, we're gonna like hang out, probably blast the album or whatever. The next day after that, we're flying to Malta. Um yeah,
0: of course there's that thing, isn't there? We're we're, in yeah, we're like doing
1: movies. so we're playing that's we're actually playing next Friday, but we're flying out a week early with all with all, our, all our girlfriends and shit, and we're just gonna have a party and, you know, we're just going to hang out in Malta because why not? Uh, then i am come fly home from that. We're doing a DJ set there as well. And then fly home from that. And then that week we're going to Poland. It's a festival called mystic festival, which we just got added to. It's like us, then Mastodon, then Opeth hmm. in Gdansk. Yeah. So that, then we got download. Then we're doing a few festivals in Europe in June, and then we're going to the USA to play like about twenty shows with the Acacia Strain. So this is all in the next two months. So it's like every weekend we got shows. Nice uh, show, every every weekend we got shows, and we're going to the USA for twenty days. And coming home, we're doing Bloodstock Main Stage. Sorry, headlining Bloodstock Second Stage. We're playing Not Fest in Germany, uh, and then a couple others. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Busy as fuck. Are there are there sort of
0: any any pounds or murmurs for like a headline tour this year or?
1: I'll be honest, bro. We're not gonna. We're not touring. We're not headlining the UK this year. We're gonna do it next year, I think, because we're touring with Trivium in January as well, which is like forty days. Nice. That'll be that'll be massive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're touring with Trivium, so it's like it's that's yeah. It's late January into February, and it's flight. Like, yeah, it's over a month. It's there's five shows in the UK, and then like twenty five in Europe or something.
0: No, so I hope. Yeah, hopefully I get to capture. Yeah, I'll have a look and see if I'm going to any of the festivals you're doing because I'm doing a fair few, so I might catch up one of those. Yeah, um, well,
1: bro, we're downloading Bloodstock this year.
0: Yeah, okay, might do Bloodstock. I'll see. I've got. A, I basically got to plan it all out. <laughs> like, like the next two weeks, like, a kind of like afford it, and you know, get yeah, whatnots. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On. Um, I guess I'll end on. I guess my final question is a kind of a general one. I guess, um,
1: what have you been listening to recently? so i love this my, f- my favorite heavy band right now Gridiron. iron yes um new album you, have you heard
0: yeah they had a new album out recently didn't they yeah yeah, yeah. they
1: had a new album out honestly like i uh, i'm like a i'm like a heavy hardcore guy like I'm, that's one of my favorite heavy music genres and their album is my favorite heavy hardcore record to come out in at least five years um so I'd really recommend anyone to check that out. It's like kind of fucking, it's super ignorant, super cheesy, like rap metal infused hardcore with like loads of breakdowns and mosh parts. So it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of tongue in cheek, I think, but it's just done so well. Great riffs, loads of attitude on vocals, uh, great choruses and shit. So yeah, that, that's my 100% my favorite hardcore record of late. There's a few new bands uh, I also like. There's one called Pain of Truth. Um, from uh, Long Island, New York, who I, I really like them as well. I don't know if you heard of them. No, I know. you Are you hardcore much? Go, yeah, i, mean, I hardcore, cool, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. Okay, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: So, like, cool. I'm, to be fair, mate, I've, I've gone for, like, some fairly underground stuff here. Uh, I like those two a lot. Um, I can't, I'm trying to think who's putting out a good, a good metal lately. Oh, the new Terror Record came out last week. Yeah, Fucking good, sick. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, man. Uh, that's three. I can, oh, new 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 Kublai Khan records. Also been sick. I like that as well. Uh, a band called Inclination, which is you know I, I, Isaac from Not Loose, the guitar player. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, he has yeah he has a he he has like quite a militant straight edge band called Inclination that are really sick, really fucking heavy. Um, so there that that I'd say that's my hardcore top five releases right now, hardcore slash metalcore. Um what t- can you tell me some what 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 new albums are, new metal albums have come out recently that so, I might check out
0: I should put, I'm not thinking, I not to look at my playlist quickly uh i guess what new metal stuff new metal um, stuff i guess there's been uh, like harry boy of yeah yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Vane, new Vane FM album. Vane, yeah, 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 Vane. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? Not massively into them. You don't have to write that though. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I know you don't have to write about that though. But I'm not. It's yeah, I'm not massively into Vane. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I don't know. I love, Prism, I love death metal roller. as well, but trying to think who, trying to think what death metal I've been listening to. I need to look on Spotify. I should, have I should have looked at this shit before I uh, started doing these interviews
0: oh no it's fun I always forget yeah I feel like when everyone goes kind of like I ask them there like oh shit what happened to my Spotify uh, but no they're yeah. good I'll check out a few of those I think I've heard I think Hood of Gridiron, but yeah, it's yeah. kind of like looking at new hardcore bands just like,
1: like go like 856 and just like seeing yeah, yeah. Just like they're all, all of all of these bands I've mentioned they're like kind of like 856 you know them ones that you see yeah. a lot on there um, but yeah I mean, yeah I mean mainly I'm, I'm quite a metal guy to be honest with you um, I'm listening probably listening to a bit more metal than I do hardcore, but lately the heavy hardcore releases are have been really fucking good, and I do you know is one of my favourite sounds. So, yeah, man.
0: Yeah, yeah I'll check for those but, um, but yeah, thank you for taking the time even to have a little chat with me about the about the record and you know eleven and whatnot. And I hope uh, yeah, I hope the launch on Friday and all the touring. And, and Malta is a great uh, little place to go. So we have fun there as well. You've been there before.
1: I went there three, four years ago. Okay, sick. So yeah. Got, what, have you got any recommendations? Uh, off the
0: top of my head. No, but it's, I mean, to be fair, yeah, it's you, like, it's fairly, I think I well, remember like all kind of the bars and whatnot are all kind of fairly in the same place and all kind of, uh, they're all decent. It's like, I, I, well, last time I was there, it's like fairly cheap as well for like, you know, a pint and whatnot. So yeah, we had, we had a good old time it? when I was there. Yeah, and that's like, and it should be like 30 degrees what now as well. So that, yeah. be like
1: sick yeah i've just booked a um i've just bought a boat this morning for we're going like 10 of us so booked a fucking boat snorkeling trip uh for tuesday so i'm pretty excited about that yeah man yeah yeah yeah, i've enjoyed it so yeah thanks for having me cheers to the chat mate and um yeah i'll see you at a gig or whatever soon